Hello Gasheads and welcome back to Gascast, the first episode of 2022. Uh, obviously been away for a little while, about a month or so, whilst the gas have been out of action for one reason or another. But we are back now, coming to you live from the Sportsman Pub, just a stone's throw from the Mem. Um, I'm your host Nino and joining me for this one this evening is Max Alderson. Hello Max. Hello Ollie. And Kaz May. Hello, Hello. Kaz. Hi. So, um, yeah, gas back in action on Saturday, obviously away at Posh, and we will discuss that in just a second. But we are going to start off with a question from Oxfordshire Gashead on Twitter, who says, did you all have a happy Christmas and New Year? Max, did you have a happy Christmas and New Year? I did, actually. Um, and I don't think any of that is, is a coincidence or like correlates to the fact that Rovers had so many games cancelled <laughs> so it couldn't ruin my festive period um, basically those bellends didn't ruin your Christmas exactly, or New yeah, Year yeah. Yeah. no no generally it was good thank you very much for asking um, hoping all our listeners had a very good Christmas as well a nice little break and um, yeah I should have said that yeah, to be fair hopefully a positive 2022 <laughs> for everyone involved and the football club as well Kaz how was your Christmas and New Year yeah it was good crammed a lot in um, thankful that Rovers didn't ruin it and a bit annoyed that I was on my way to Orient and then it got called off last minute. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, won't be going there on the Tuesday night for the replay. But yeah, Christmas was lovely. Um, saw lots of family and friends, so it was lush. Good. Right, well, let's go on to the posh game then. And we'll start with our pros and cons from that match. Pros and cons and cons and pros and pros and cons and pros. Pros and cons. Mets did the schedule for me and he's put here a little bit of facts. So Rovers haven't won away at Posh since 2007 when goals from Sir Ricky Lambert, Richard Walker and a 90th minute winner from Stuart Campbell sealed a 3-2 win for Rovers. Um, So, I mean, it's fair to say expectations were pretty low when Rovers travelled to London Road on Saturday in the third round of the FA Cup. But despite losing 2-1, a fairly spirited display from the gas, and I think it's left quite a few fans feeling hopeful for the second half of the season. So let's start off with our pros or cons first. Let's go cons first and end on a positive. So cons, Kaz, con from Peterborough. So I don't really like singling players out. And to be honest, I did think it was a spirited performance from all of our players, really, because we were... The massive underdogs, considering the circumstances, considering the league position, um, considering they're a championship club and were a mediocre League Two side. So I wasn't expecting anything from the game. But to be honest, I mean, I have to pick a con and it has to be Westbrook for me um, in terms of performance. I thought that he was weak. Uh, he was certainly the weakest link inside and made me miss the likes of Finley who gets stuck in. And I just don't think Westbrook is quite strong enough um he doesn't get stuck in which is what you need in that type of game you need to get stuck in you need to win those balls and um yeah he was just very light and um it was quite frustrating to watch did a a good few passes he did get a lot better towards the end and he had a good chance that um went over the bar so he could have equalized late on but yeah for me again I don't like singling players out but Westbrook just isn't doing it this season and I don't know if it's because he's not used to this level because he's actually been at a much higher level before and yeah um he just doesn't fit into this side at all and I wouldn't have him in the starting 11 over any of our other midfielders to be honest yeah I mean obviously I I guess he's only starting because of injuries and COVID and suspensions and stuff but yeah no I agree I think that I think we kind of know now that we're, what we're going to get in terms of off the ball from him, which is, you know, nothing. But even on the ball, like, that's meant to be his strength in terms of technical ability and passing and stuff. But he just gave it away every time he got it. And, you know, if he's not going to contribute defensively and also be terrible on the ball, then you're just getting absolutely nothing from it. It's just really frustrating to watch. Um, Max, let's come to you then for your con. This is going to sound like quite a stupid con, but my con is that we lost. Um and, I, and the reason I say that is that a lot of people seem to be taking quite a lot of positives from this result, and I've no problem with that at all. But ultimately, we've lost the game. Um, had we like drawn it, taken it to pens and lost, then I would have been like, fair enough, okay, we've drawn with a with the championship side, but end of the day, we've lost the game. Um, 
and I, ju- I just don't see why people are getting carried away and saying that this means we could potentially go on a, a playoff push if we can hold our own against Peterborough for most of the game when in reality you know they they had a lot of players missing we had a lot of players missing it was kind of like I wouldn't say it was a friendly but it was certainly like a semi-reserve semi-first match where you can't really draw too much from I think and you know I just think you know again we've lost another game um, that was probably winnable um, given the fact that they did have a lot of players out um, and had we taken our chances been a little bit more solid at the back yeah again it's ifs and buts and maybes but for me we've lost the game um, it's another defeat and I just can't really take too many positives out of it and I don't see why so many people are um, to be honest I know that might sound a bit negative Nancy of me and you know we've got to try and be positive and think of positives at the minute but I, I'm struggling to um, it's another defeat and, and until I see evidence in the league over the next five games that we are improving and we get some wins under our belt then it, I will remain um, pretty pessimistic about the season I think so that's that's my con Okay, fair enough. So moving on to my con then, which is just the number of chances that Peterborough created in the game, really. Um, So, I mean, at the time, it felt like they had loads of chances and should have probably beaten us 5-6-1 maybe. And then when I watched the highlights back the other day, it just sort of hammered home how many sitters they missed, to be honest. I mean, there was about four or five balls flashed across our box that just needed a tap-in. Uh, Schmodix, I think, missed two one-on-ones. Belshaw pulled off a couple of good saves. So it's hard. We were chatting about this earlier. That It sounds stupid, but I both think that in the circumstances, considering the layoff, the team we had out, the makeshift back four we were playing how rusty we were, the fact there's two leagues between us. I both think that we played well, but also could have easily lost 6-1. And I wouldn't have batted an eyelid, really, and I thought that was fair enough. So it was a really difficult game to sort of analyse. But, I mean, yeah, we had a back four out of Luca Hall, Connolly, who got on the bus like 20 minutes before it left, Anderton and Trevor Clark. And that back four has never played together before, and I assume probably will never again, depending on injuries and everything. But... It must have been a difficult game for them. I mean, Peterborough did make a few changes, but they still had people like Schmodix and Dembele up front. And they're sort of at least top end League One, if not lower end championship quality players. So it was quite a difficult game for them. And in the middle, you had Coots alongside Spence and Westbrook. Again, a midfield three that's probably never played together. So it was a very makeshift side for Rovers. So I think that's kind of the, the counterpoint to the fact that they created a lot of chances. But yeah, defensively, we did look a little bit dodgy. And I think 2-1 kind of flattered us a little bit. Um, but anyway, let's go on to the more positive stuff from the game. So pros, coming back around to you, Kaz. Cootsie. And I was never a fan of Coots before. Um, when he first started the season, I thought, you know, Joey bigged him up as this big signing and with an experienced head. But I thought it was awful at the start of the season. But he's, he's starting to change now. He's getting a lot better. And he had a big responsibility. He had the responsibility to be a leader. Um, he had to obviously look after a lot of young'uns um, that had to step up against the championship, ta- um, championship side. And... Um, taken the penalty off Thomas like he did um, when the penalty was awarded Thomas went and grabbed the ball and made it clear he wanted to take it and I thought it showed leadership that Coots was like I'm having this this is my responsibility um, and knowing full well if he'd missed it that'd be on his shoulders so um, yeah I think Coots has, has improved in terms of performance but also it's good to have that leadership obviously Whelan wasn't there with him and he was leading that midfield um, or the whole team um, and we need that authority on the pitch and it was really great to see that and I think he really led by example and he could be a massive factor to why we actually held ourselves so well um, playing against Peterborough and it being a tough team so yeah fairness to Coots I hope he keeps it up because if he does keep it up I'd love to have him in the team every week and um, yeah real real captain material which is great yeah I, I think he massively needs to be consistent with it now and not regress back to what he was earlier in the season um, if he can if he can kick on and put in 7 out of 10 performances every week alongside Whelan who for me has been 7 out of 10 every week then we're looking at a really strong potentially midfield two who can just you know we can just rely on them to be so solid in that the middle of the park that you can almost build the creativity around them but you know I think he's been so inconsistent um, that it's been hard to really depend on him but like you said hopefully now 
um, he is showing a little bit of dependency and a, and a bit of a bit of um, responsibility with the armband as well, which is always good to see. And yeah, you know, he can only he's only got more to give because he hasn't really proven anything yet. So we, there can only be good things to come. I, I hope from Coots. I like the shushin as well. No, I was going to say I was going to come back to you on that actually. Yeah, yeah. Smodic said it first, and then Coots did it straight back after, which I thought was great. So yeah, he's, he's starting to become a bit of a likable character, I think, which is good for team spirit. Yeah, I just remember earlier on the season he was he was getting caught on the ball a lot in midfield. Like he'd, he'd have it around the edge of our area. And he'd lose it in really poor areas, really sloppily. And the reason he was brought in was to be that player who's calm on the ball and can build us out from the back and build our attacks. And he just he wasn't doing that earlier in the season. If anything, he was putting us under a lot of pressure by losing it in those areas. But I thought on, well, I think for the last couple of months, really, it's hard to remember, to be honest. It feels like such a long break. I can't remember how the players were playing before this, this gap we've had. But I think for a few months now, his performances have improved a lot. And on Saturday in particular, I thought he was just really composed on the ball when he was getting it with a man behind him or under pressure. And he was just calmly turning and giving it to a Rovers man. And it was just, yeah, he's improved a lot. And uh, yeah, as you said, Max, hopefully more to come from him as well. Um, so, Max, let's come to you then. What is your pro from Saturday? Um, basically, competition for places. Um, we have got a big squad and we've got a lot of players coming back from injury now and it's good to see them get some minutes, particularly Trevor Clark, who I really like. Um, I think he's he can, he's got a lot to give going forward. Obviously, he's missed so much of the season, but he looked really dangerous against Port Vale. Um, should have had a penalty given against him. Um, I can't remember that now. It's but been yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was the one that DC said they got away with, I think. And yeah, he's he's been really dangerous for us. So I'm glad he's getting more minutes. Westbrook's. It's a shame that he hasn't really taken his chance. But Spence is a player I really want to see more of. I can't believe that the guy only has one league start, um, and it's now January. You know, Crystal Palace will be looking at, at that this window and thinking maybe we should recall him and give him to a club who is actually going to play him. So. It's good to see him get some minutes because I really want to see more of him in the league um, beyond like a five-minute spell at the end of a game we're losing at home. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's my main, main pro is just the amount of minutes that we've got. Like I said, I think it was just a good run-out for a lot of the lads and I, I don't know really what the injury situation is at the club, whether we could have fielded a stronger side or whether we opted to maybe play um, and get some minutes for these guys. But... Yeah, well, comp- judging by the bench, I think we were down to the bare bones. I think the yeah. people we had out was what we had out because on the bench it was Pittman and a load of like twelve-year-olds basically. When yeah. everyone else was so young, so well, one can only hope that this this weekend against Hartlepool we have a, a larger pool available. Um, but if not, I guess my main pro then alludes to the fact that the eleven who played have got a little bit of um, minutes together as a group. So if they do need to play this Saturday, then they maybe have at least a bit of uh, chemistry and yeah, whatever. a bit of last Saturday to lean on and and knowing what works and what doesn't. So I guess that's probably my main main pro from the game. Okay, cool. Uh, so moving on to mine then. And I cheated a little bit because I couldn't choose between these two. So I've gone for the performances of Nick Anderton and Belshaw. What's Belshaw's first name? James. James, James. Belshaw. Um, <laughs> howler? Well, as I'm about to come on to, Max, he did have a howler uh, for their goal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. Came flying at the goal lunged into a sort of semi-challenge on Schmodix, completely missed the ball, went flying over the top of it, and then Schmodix had a tap-in. So yeah, not a, not a great start. But I just really liked how he recovered from that because for the rest of the game, he was sort of the Belshaw that we've seen all season, really. Just thought he was so solid. Made two or three really good saves. I think a couple from Schmodix when he was through on goal. And uh, yeah, he kept us in the tie for the rest of the game. So I just thought it was a good show of... Uh, character from him I guess to recover from that Max has his hand up go on I love Belshaw um, and I would make him skipper personally um, who's, the, who's the skipper at the moment? Coots okay what so, am I doing on this podcast I know nothing so do if, I? If, I, I don't know if we'll extend Coots' deal but Belshaw is probably a keeper I'd like to see her for three years um, maybe longer he can definitely establish himself as number one he's not perfect but if he was perfect he wouldn't be playing League, league 2 level but he's been more than good enough for us um, to be a top half playoff kind of level keeper and um, I think his lead, like you've just said his leadership qualities and his mental attributes are fantastic uh, and I think he really just leads by example really commanding in his in his back line talks lots and I, I just can't think of anyone better in the squad if you said to me there was no armband and I had to give it to someone I would slap it on Belshaw's arm straight away mm. straight I mean, away how many times last season did we go goal down and then just drop our heads 
and that's something Belshaw doesn't do and like a mistake like he made on Saturday most players would be so downbeat about that but he just he, he picked himself up like nothing happened and yeah I agree with that being a pro because yes it was a bad mistake but he he evened it out later on and mm. people would say Evans was at fault for their second goal which he was um, but Evans is overall a really good player so like you said they're playing in League 2 they're going to make mistakes every now and again yeah so for them to be able to pick themselves back up and learn from it and improve on it then yeah it does show great character like you said so I agree Mm. with that Max I guess the question is where does this leave Yakola who's returned to training this week um, and where does he fit in with Barton's plans because he's presumably on quite a high wage um, given how well he was performing in League 1 when we offered him a new deal Mm. um I don't know. He's out of contract in the summer. I know we can trigger an extension, I think. Uh, I believe that's right. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where what happens with Yukola, mm. um, whether he'll kind of fight Belshaw for that place. But for me, I, w- I wouldn't be dropping Belshaw at all. <laughs> no, me neither. I think that the two things he has over Yukola, he's really good with his feet, so it helps us play out from the back. And also, he comes off his line more. There was a couple of times where, well like for their goal when he came sweeping out and completely screwed it up. But usually he doesn't do that and he gets it right. And it means that we can play a bit of a higher line defensively. And if they knock a ball over the top, Belcher will come rushing out and clear it. Whereas if your Cole is there, he usually stays on his line. He's sort of like that old fashioned keeper that doesn't really want to come out and sweep up with his feet. So I think that gives him a big advantage over your Cola. And then, yeah, going on to Nick Anderton, I just thought, you know, I've hammered this bloke so much on this podcast. I just... I really did not like him at all at the start of the season. Uh, and he's had to play a lot of different positions. He's played left back in a four, left centre back in a three. Um, I think he's even played left wing back a few times. And then on Saturday, he was playing in the middle of a back four uh, as one of the two centre backs. And that's somewhere where I would never want to see him play, to be honest. And he was playing next to Connolly, a bloke we'd probably met 10 minutes before the game in the changing rooms. And I just thought he played really well. I thought he was really solid. Uh, dependable and he was a bit of a bomb scare earlier in the season I'd kind of get nervous every time the ball went towards him but I just thought he was really good on Saturday I just yeah I really like the look of him he's improving as the season goes on he showed a bit of leadership in what was quite a young back four so um, yeah big fan of Nicky Anderton Max Shiniesta goal machine um, <laughs> three goals who are we on. referring to here Anderton yeah yeah scores <laughs> off his shin didn't he um, away at Harrogate I think he gets a lot of stick um, from myself included, but he is. If if you had to like paint the archetype typical League Two centre back, it would be Nick Anderson, wouldn't it? Yeah. And you know we are League Two, as I've said. We want to be higher than that. You probably want to look to recruit a League One centre back to get promoted. But I think he's definitely. I would describe him as useful. Like you said, he's slotted in in so many positions. Versatile. That, isn't he? Yeah, he's almost like James Clark was for us. Maybe James Clark a little bit less of a bomb scare than Nick Anderton but hopefully Nick's kind of rounding out those those rough edges on on himself and, and it, I have seen improvements and you know whereas early in the season I was like oh god and Anderson's in the side now I'm just like I don't mind him there mm. he does a job and yeah I think I'm hopefully looking forward to more consistent performances from him um, so he can kind of shake off that bomb scare t- tag because once you get that as a centre back it's quite hard to shake that perception that fans have of you um, I mean, I don't know if he's got a mistake in him. They all have mistakes. Yeah, in him, you know? I don't know if he's got that tag amongst the wider fan base. I think I've just called him a bond scare on this well, part. I of think it's times. a general. I think generally feeling people, amongst people, people do have that opinion of him. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I would say Kean Harry's has arguably made as many mistakes as Anderson. Oh, yeah. don't worry, so, I'm coming onto that bloke later. Don't worry. <laughs> about that. Um, so a couple of other talking points on Posh before we move on. And you've already mentioned this guy, Max, Sean Spence, uh, because when we were doing this script earlier, Kaz added Spence Anonymous. So I'm going to come to Kaz for her thoughts on Sean's performance. It was funny when you mentioned about him not starting. I think he's one of those players that you call super sub because I think that's actually a second. I think that's actually a second start. Um, I think he played against. It, it was an away game. Can't remember what game it was now. Uh, no, it's home. Tramway home. He started and again didn't do anything. But when he comes on against like the likes of Oxford. It was, you know, he just gets himself where he needs to be and he goes and scores the winner. Same at Walsall. Um, but then again, started him on Saturday and I think I can count the amount of touches he had on one hand. I, he just doesn't make himself present. Like, he doesn't get 
in the right places and he doesn't really contribute much to the game. Um, it got to the point where we were probably about 53 minutes in and I was like, I forgot Spencer's playing. Do you know what where, I mean? So where was he? We played 4-3-3. Where was he playing? Was he playing on the front three? No, so Coots was holding and then Spence and Zane were like the two number eights and then the front three was Thomas, Evans and Nicholson. Right. So he was one of the centre mids, meant to yeah. be getting box to box kind of thing. Just I think. didn't seem to do much, and then like when he comes on as a sub, he's brilliant. There was a player we used to have similar, and I can't think who it was right now. But sometimes you do have those players that just come on. Like I think Ellis used to be that sort of player. Where yeah. okay, now it's time to bring on Ellis Harrison, and we could go and grab the winner. He's one of those that sort of does better when he comes on for some like last minute momentum in the last 10 minutes um that's all i've seen out of the the two starts he's out so far so you know he might he might do better but for me i can't see him in the starting 11 based on those two at the moment um but i could see why people like myself i argued for him to start after the oxford game and after the warsaw game because all i could see was this guy coming on as a sub and scoring goals but now i've seen him actually start he looks a different player to when he comes on off the bench yeah like even beyond like his contribution from the bench, I think it's just the fact that none of us have seen, seen enough of him. No, like, I, I would like to see him over 90 minutes and granted the coaching team see him in training every day and they know there's obviously a reason he's not starting. If he was good enough, he would be. Mm. But I would just like to see, I, I couldn't even tell you what kind of player he is. Is he an attacking mid? Is he a winger? Is he like a shadow striker? Is he a centre cent, mid? We haven't really seen enough to really make a judgment on what his strengths are. Um, so it's just feeling more and more like one of those loans that's just going to pitter out to nothing, um, either be recalled or just be sent back you know, mm. in, into February, March if he's not being used. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing given like he's obviously given us two fantastic moments at Walsall and against Oxford um, that we, we just naturally, now the fans have like an affinity with him, we do want to see more of him. But if he's not good enough for the coaching team, then I guess he's not good enough. But mm. it's a shame, I think. Yeah, so the only other thing I wanted to mention about this game was that, as I said, Rovers were under the cosh a lot, um, conceded a lot of chances, which Peterborough could have used to put the game to bed, but didn't. And then in the last, well, it felt like in the dying seconds, Rovers had a corner and it was tapped in by... Brett Pittman. I was thought it was Hall. I think it was Luca Hall. <laughs> Luca Hall. I think it? Pittman flicked it on, didn't oh, he? And yeah. Hall stabbed it in, um, which obviously would have made it 2 2, taken the game to extra time, but it was ruled out by the ref. Um, why? Couldn't tell you. I've watched it over and over and over again. Okay. You can. Well, the only thing I can sort of think is maybe he thought that Belshaw handled it in the box. I don't know. I've watched it, and when I was watching it live, and. I was thinking then, I, I mean, there's a lot of bodies in the box, so it could be one of those things where the ref just looks at it and there's too much going on. And he thinks, oh, someone's fallen. That could be a foul. I'm not given that. I don't know. Um, but I've watched the highlights and I can't see it unless it is, but he thinks Belshaw's handled it. But from the angle that I was watching the highlights, you can't really see. Um, but at the time, I remember thinking it was a perfectly good goal, but Max obviously has other thoughts. So I'm sure it was a perfectly good goal, but I've noticed a trend this season um, and that's that we... Not to sound a bit like Joey, but we don't get the, the decisions. Um, Max has got Mike Jones on speed dial. I was going to say that we, had a, we actually um, But the reason is Joey, I think. I think, and this might sound a bit tinfoil hat, but I think there's genuinely uh, an unconscious bias among officials that Joey Barton is a bit of a, a, bit of a knob in their eyes. And maybe that just has a 10%, 20%. Factor, he wasn't even there on Saturday, was he? No, I don't think so. But like, <laughs> they still they still ate him, even though he sat in his home in Liverpool. I think like I think refs. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy against us as a club, but I think in the spur of the moment, there is definitely a factor of we don't get those decisions because Joey Barton's the manager and officials don't like him because the general population of the United Kingdom who like football don't like him. Um, and I think I'm not saying sack the bloke because we don't get the ref decisions. I'm not saying that at all. I'm I'm saying it comes in hand with him as a manager that you're going to get, I think, moments where you don't get those decisions because of who he is. Um, I'm not saying that it has a huge bearing on results either. I'm saying it's marginal at, at most, but it definitely is a factor. And I don't think Joey's necessarily wrong when he does call out referees all the time because I, I think there definitely is a bias there. I, don't, I can't tell you the, the magnitude of it, but it's, I reckon it's there. Um, but I think he should probably be looking at himself as to why the reason is rather than the fact that um, you know refs are just out to get us I think it's more they're out to get him maybe but I don't know if that played a factor on Saturday but I thought it was just a point worth raising 
that I've noticed this season we just de- we're getting a lot less calls than we have done in other seasons um, go our way or go against us. I do remember when we used to play against Joe Barton's teams when we used to have Fleetwood at the Men, for example, and I think a lot of yellow cards today. And I, I do wonder if that was because I thought at the time I thought well you know it's Joey Barton he's going to teach his side to play dirty because it's Joey Barton but it could be you could be right there that um, I think the time the last time we played Fleetwood and Joey was in charge they got about seven yellow cards <laughs> and you got to wonder you know is that Joey's you know dirty tactics or is that the ref we've got the most red cards in the top four tiers yeah. as well Mike. could be some up there you know you could be right there's a theme. More red cards than wins, haven't we? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's nearly, well, just behind, but yeah. Okay. Wow. But yeah, like generally, I'm, I have noticed a trend and I'm not saying get rid of him because of that. I have other reasons for why I want to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm, I, I have noticed a trend and I thought on the topic of the disallowed goal, it's kind of worth bringing up all those other incidents of the season where maybe one or two of them have been down to the fact that Joey Barton's the manager. Mm. Um, and we just got to accept it as part of having him as, as gaffer, I think. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, let's move on from refs disliking Joey to a player who could dislike Joey but doesn't seem to, uh, Luke Thomas, who I think, judging by Saturday, seems to have benefited from the tough love that Barton's given him uh, over the last few months. Uh, obviously, publicly called out Thomas's attitude in the press after Thomas stormed out of training. And one of the kinder things he said about Thomas was, I'm a man and that's childish behaviour. I read the riot act to him and said, you don't do that here. If you do that again, you'll leave. Um, but yeah, Thomas started on Saturday against Posh and uh, I thought he looked really good. And then he came out after the game and said, I let people down at Bristol Rovers and deserved the rocket from Joey Barton. So he seems to have reacted well to Barton's comments. Um, Kaz, what did you think of him against Peterborough? Yeah, I remember when I saw that comment from Joey and I thought he's not going to play for Bristol Rivers again at this rate. Um, a lot of players wouldn't have taken it that well, um, but no one knows what goes on behind the scenes. No one knows how many chances Joey gave him and maybe Joey tried a load of things and it wasn't working. So we thought, OK, I'm going to go down the route of airing it publicly um, and that might work. And clearly it has. Um, a lot of people were rightly or wrongly jumping on Joey after he did that criticizing the way the, the way he's gone about it um but you know it's worked now so we can put it behind us and hopefully we'll see more of the Thomas that we saw on Saturday I thought he was really good um it's the Thomas to his full potential um which we haven't really seen that much and that could be an attitude problem it could be a mental problem um but now I think he if he is accepting that and he's taking it on the chin then we will see the Thomas that we saw at the start of the season when we signed him. Um, and it's great because obviously we've got Nicholson um, and Thomas who will both be contenders for the starting eleven, and it's always good to have those options. Um, Nicholson with his injury history as well, um, you need that backup. So Thomas is obviously going to be fighting for that place and Nicholson's going to be fighting for that place. And it's good to have, like Max said earlier, players fighting for their role in the, t- in the team. Um, and yeah, I thought Nick, uh, Thomas did really well. Um, he could maybe be a little bit less greedy, um, but again, he, he's going to keep improving each week um, and he's going to keep learning from what Joey's taught him. And then, yeah, hopefully we'll see a real, a real gem out of him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really glad that he's he's taken it well because it could easily have gone the wrong way. Um, so it was a big risk from Joey. But yeah, I think he's a really good player and I'm excited to see actually um, what's going to happen going forward and whether we use Thomas as some sort of super sub late on um, or if he's going to be alternating Nicholson and Thomas. But either way, I'm happy with either of those starting or both of those starting. Um, I think Thomas on his on his good days is arguably one of our best players. I think the thing that impressed me most about Saturday from him was more off the ball, what he was doing rather than on it. Because I think, like you said, on the ball, there was a couple of times where he beat a couple of men and probably should have released it to someone else in space and he didn't and got caught. So I don't think it was his best game in terms of what he was doing on the ball. But without it, just his attitude and the way he was tracking back down that wing, I think he was playing on the side Luca Hall was on. So he had quite a young right back behind him. But every time Peterborough went down that side, he was sprinting back. And a lot of times he was kind of helping Hall out. And I just thought physically he looked just like leaner and fitter and more in shape. I thought, you know, before he was given the bollocking, I thought he looked a little bit carrying a bit of, not puppy fat, but you know what I mean? He looked a little bit overweight. And um, I just think he's obviously gone away and worked hard on his conditioning and stuff. And he just looks in better shape. And uh, yeah, that can only help him. And also the way that he accepted Coots taking the penalty off him. 
he didn't throw his toys out the pram. It was okay. Yeah, no, I didn't see any problems there. You know, some players would argue it, um, but Coots was like, "I'm having that," and it was kind of like, "Okay, okay, captain, no problem." Um, whereas the Thomas that Joey made him out to be in the press would be someone that would kick up a fuss about that. So yeah, it seems that he's maturing quickly um, because of that rocket that Joey's given him. So yeah, be interesting to see how he does going forward. Yeah, Max, what did you make of his post-match interview? Because I thought it was quite interesting, some of the things he was saying about his relationship with Barton and how he, how he handled that and stuff like that. Yeah, to be honest, uh, given the fact that he stormed out of training, um, I didn't really expect him to come out and hold his hands up and say, I was in the wrong. Um, I think that was quite a mature thing to come out and say, especially for a young lad. Um, it'd be quite easy to actually have not, men- not mentioned it and for him to just focus on the game and analysing the game. So for him to actually talk and be comfortable talking about the, the situation in his situation at the club and be actually quite mature about it was refreshing and something I didn't really expect because the impression I got when Joey was saying, oh, I, w- I wanted to send him back in pre-season and he stormed out of training, it just comes off as immature, but actually seems to have maybe matured a bit. Like Obviously, there's a huge amount that we don't know behind the scenes what goes on, how he actually is and um, what, what conversations have been had. We don't know. We can only base... Our, our judgment off of what we see in these in these presses um, but he's definitely seems to be a lot more grounded now a lot more focused uh, admitting his mistakes and ready to actually work end of the day the guy's on loan um, he's not here to be he is here to be a Bristol Rovers player but his, his future isn't here is it he wants to kick on at Barnsley and if he if he wants to do that he needs to he needs to pull some trees up at Rovers um, I'd love to see him get um, a string of starts I want to see him get five five 90 minutes under his belt consecutively you know really show us what he can do because let's, let's face it he's not really at game time has he massively um, here and there sporadic mostly off the bench hardly any starts um, so he's not really had a chance to showcase his ability for, for one reason or another attitude fitness not having a pre-season COVID various reasons but I, there's no doubt in my mind or, or many, many of the fan base's mind that he's probably one of the most talented players in the squad he just needs to show it. Um, and, and for me, as a player who's on loan, who almost definitely won't be here next season, 99% won't be here next season, there's no point in us having him here unless he's going to be able to be good enough to kick us onto the playoffs. Because mm. if we're not going to kick onto the playoffs, then what's the point in having you know players like him who are kind of a level above on loan? Because um, it's certainly not to build for next year because he won't be here. Mm. So he needs to show what he can do, have a bit of ambition and, and spread that ambition through the squad to kick us on towards the playoffs um, and he needs to show what he can do so that, so that we can kind of get behind that um, not saying it's all on him but you know it's, it's time for him to stop talking in post matches now and show us on the pitch what he can do yeah fair enough hopefully more to come from Thomas as the season goes on uh, so let's move on to the January window so far. So Rovers have moved very quickly in this window, bringing in two players in the first week. Um, firstly, 24-year-old striker Ryan Loft signed from Scunthorpe United on a two-and-a-half-year deal. And then 20-year-old centre-back James Connolly joined on loan from Cardiff City until the end of the season. So let's start with Connolly then, who he was captain for the Cardiff under-23s. And as we said, chucked straight in against Posh after what has to be one of the most shit signing announcements I've ever seen at one <laughs> thirty on the day of the game. Uh, um, it, yeah. Uh, so Kaz, what were your first impressions of him on his debut? Yeah, I mean, considering the circumstances, uh, we either forgot to announce him or it really was last minute. I don't know what the truth is behind that, um, but it was really weird. Um, but no, I think considering the circumstances look like he's just been chucked straight in because we're so thin on the ground that uh, actually he did okay. Um, obviously, we left ourselves exposed quite a lot. Um, Peter had a lot of ch- chances, but obviously they're a championship team, so that was to be expected anyway, even with our strongest defence. Um, it's not exactly like we're solid in League 2 with our first choice <laughs> defence anyway. So. Exactly. You know, we can't even, like, keep a clean sheet against Barrow. So, you know, we weren't expected to uh, to not be shaky at the back. So I think Connolly coming in um, alongside teammates who he hasn't played with before 
uh, actually did very well and I thought he kept kept his composure quite well um, I think Anderton helped him out quite a lot which was great um, he showed a bit of leadership in that back line um, so yeah I didn't see him I didn't think he was out of place I thought he slotted in quite well um, didn't make any mistakes as far as I can see um, no individual errors anyway um, so yeah I think he did alright um, one to sort of keep an eye on see how he fits in obviously when the likes of Kilroy Taylor when they come back if he would still be in the starting 11 I'm not really sure I would like to think he's a bit of a backup for now um, but I see no reason if we're in a similar situation this Saturday I see no reason for him to, to not start um, and if I see him in that starting lineup, I won't complain so yeah I think he did alright Yeah so Max we've had a question from someone whose name I have not written down which says good. what do you think the Connolly signing says about someone like Martinez should we be developing our own instead of bringing in players of a similar age like Connolly I don't know how good Martinez is, um, really. I think he did an okay job at centre mid last season, at centre back. I thought he was one of our best players towards the end of the season at centre mid, but I don't know if it's because everyone, everyone else was, was wank. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, Pablo, yeah, he's, he's he's going from one year deal to one year deal at the club. He's not like he's a three year contract kind of player who we we're really invested in the future of. It seems like we're just kind of waiting to see if he can break through or not. Um, he's also tiny, isn't he? Yeah, he's not very for a centre back. Not very big. League two. Well, Lockyer wasn't exactly massive. Um, no, but I mean, yeah. I neither was Tony Craig, but they were good at what they did. And we've not really seen Pablo at centre back. And to be honest, um, the, it is pretty evident that the focus of this season seems to be very, very short term. Um, we've got a lot of players on one year deals, a lot of loans. Um, and, and I'm talking about the starting 11 here. You know, you've got Coots, Whelan, Pittman, Thomas. Nicholson out of contract, Evans, you know, at the back we had Hughes, you know, we've got Brown. We're going to have about three Clark. players yeah, left. There's going to be no one yeah. left next season. So the focus for, for Barton this season has was all or nothing. Let's go up. Let's pump the money into short-term, high quality, in his eyes at least when he signed them, players, and try and go up. So I don't think there's been room in his agenda for developing players, um, which is a shame, but also I don't know how high Pablo's ceiling is. Um, only the coaching team can really make a judgment on that. I've not really seen enough of him. Or I've not really seen anything from him, rather, that makes me think, oh, wow, we've got a real player on our hands here. He just seems all right at the level for a 22, 21-year-old. Um, so it's hard to know how far he'll develop. Whereas Luca Hall, who's 18, 19, who looks like he's been playing at this level for, for years, mm. is someone I'm really invested in because he's so young yeah. and yet looks doesn't look out of place. So he's a player I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of and who I think should be getting minutes either at right back or right centre back I would just be starting him from now to the end of the season but Martinez uh, less so I don't really see much there and Connolly coming in we've obviously brought him in because um, Hughes is gone we need another centre back in Um, he's a centre back right side of centre back right back we've got no right back in the squad it says a lot that it's January and we've only just assigned the number two shirt Um, well apparently Connolly can play right back can he which I think is one of the reasons that they brought him in that's what I'm alluding to yeah got no right back in the squad so it's good that we brought in a right back as well so I don't really think it hampers on Pablo's playing time and to be honest I'm not really bothered Um, I don't really see masses in terms of Pablo's future at Rovers if I'm being brutally brutally honest okay fair enough so let's move on to the other new boy then which is Ryan Loft Um, six foot three been described as a hard-working mobile and pacey number nine he was joint top goal scorer for Scunthorpe last season with nine goals and he left the Irons as their top scorer so far this season with six to his name in what is a rubbish Scunthorpe side so I mean from what I've seen online he's come with fairly mixed reviews from their fans some of them say they're going to miss him and others are sort of laughing their way to the bank with the 50 grand that we paid for him or whatever it was so uh, Max let's come back to you what are your thoughts on the loft signing and what are you hoping to see from him between now and the end of the season other than loads of goals I, I really like it I really like the signing to be honest um, I think it's a cheap risk uh, I think there is a risk involved with, given the fact that he has got mixed reviews um, JCH had mixed reviews you know some players were saying oh on his day he's amazing but generally he's not consistent enough it just comes down to whether we can get the best out of him and I think there's no harm given the fact that I personally don't think we'll go up this season or even touch playoffs. I think there's certainly no harm in taking a player on um, on a cheap fee as 50k, which for us is, is, is cheap. 
um, given you know we got 1.2 million for JCH 18 months ago however long it was ago it's a cheap risk and um, I think there's no harm in seeing if it'll pay off we could potentially have a gem on our hands if it doesn't work out no harm done I don't think I think it'd be relatively easy to offload um, so yeah keen to see what he does we're crying out for a big man we went and got one very early on in the window that's what all of us wanted we're not going to go get a 20 goal striker are we they just don't exist in, in, in any kind of affordable region for, for any League 2 club you have to develop them at this level like Matty Taylor Jamil Matt Dom Telford you know last season Dom Telford was, was scoring hardly any and, and so was Jamil Matt so for them to come on and, and be the two top goal scorers you need to develop that and, and Loft is a cheap risk Let's see how he pans out. Hopefully he can bring in the likes of Thomas and Nicholson by his hold-up play and feeding them in. Um, we'll see how he does against Hartlepool. It's pretty much nailed on that he's going to start, you'd think, wouldn't, wouldn't he? So we'll see how he does. Uh, keen to see how he does at Rovers as well in general. Yeah, it is interesting to see. Obviously, some players just fit better in different sides. Um, he's been at Scunthorpe, who are a poor side. I mean, we're bad, but they are. They, they? are they rubbish. Are, they are rubbish. Um, so, you know, understandably, he's not doing so well, but that might be because he's in a poor side. Um, and then where was he before? Carlisle? No disrespect to Carlisle, but they are also rubbish. So, you know, you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt looking at his record. He was at Leicester for two years um, of his career and didn't play a single game. Um, He did make three appearances for Leicester's under-23s and school three, which is actually, you know, not a bad record, 100% record. Um, But you just got to think, well, you know, two years of his career have been wasted at a team he didn't play for. And then he's gone to two poor sides that may not create enough chances for him. And we've got Nicholson, Thomas, um, we've got Collins as well. Um, If he's in the right place at the right time, he could be really clinical, hopefully. And he's a little more mobile than... Pittman, from what I understand, um, so he can get himself in those positions quickly um, and hopefully he could do well. If he scores at the Mem on Saturday and the place erupts, you know, hoping that it'd be a decent crowd, you know, and there's a lot of noise going on because it's his debut and he scored his, his first goal for the club, then that can send him off to like a, a really good start, you know, that, that could do it with any player um, and that could give him a real confidence boost that he needs and then he might go on. You just never know. And I've learned not to judge players since JCH. <laughs> and I saw JCH and I've seen how many clubs he'd been at and how little goals he'd scored and I thought no this guy looks rubbish and then off the mark straight away and he was brilliant for us so fingers crossed he could be a really good signing but like Max said it is a risk so we'll see what happens yeah but it's, it's a cheap risk is I think the emphasis on this is that he's not we're not breaking the bank for him are we so um yeah strikers love a debut goal at the mem don't they <laughs> yeah they, they proper do Stefan Payne Leon Clark, and now I'm 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 banking on on Ryan Loft. Tom Nick, oh, oh <laughs> let's not mention that one. I think JCH no, like, scored like a hat trick on his first home game as yeah, well, didn't against, he? Against like Blackpool, Blackpool or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I do, I do. I think you and I were talking about this the other day, Kaz. Sometimes I do think that he's not like, he's not been p- prolific before now, but I do think, as you kind of said, that sometimes all it takes is a striker to go to a new club. He's coming to a bigger, not sound like we're sucking ourselves off, but he's coming to a bigger club, bigger crowd. You know, he's going to have better players around him. I think sometimes all it takes is a player like that to get off to a really good start, score on his debut, score the winner away at Swindon, and he'll be off. He'll be flying. His confidence will be through the roof. And then he could go on and hit between eight and ten for the rest of the season. You know, you, know, you never know how a player like that could develop if they if they hit the ground running at a new club. So um, I think the thing I think with him is that I think Joey said that the reason he signed him is that because for his size, he's so mobile. So it sounds like, unlike Pittman and Leon Clark, who's obviously getting on a bit, it sounds like he's got the height, but also can still move and still run and is quite pacey, can get on the end of long balls we play up and run the channels and stuff. And I think the way that I look at our squad at the moment is all our talent is in those areas just behind the striker. It's in Nicholson, Evans, Collins, Thomas. Like there's hardly any other side in League Two. Our league position doesn't exactly suggest this, but I don't think you look at another squad in League Two and see that quality of player, so many in that attacking area of the pitch. And I think probably Forest Green. Yeah. Like, other than that. But I think all we need is that man well. up top who yeah. can knit that all together and bring them into play and get the ball and just lay them in. And I think we'll just be a completely different side. So hopefully Loft is... I have been thinking for a while, we're not far off. We really aren't far off. There's a couple of things we're missing to actually be a good side. Um, and that could be it. 
you know, big presence up top as well. You know, it's intimidating. And then a big presence that can move as well is extra intimidating, you know. Um, and, you know, it's League Two. League Two defenders aren't quick. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, he can do something with the the tricky wingers that we've got um, and the, the front three or the, everyone in the final third because they do create the chances. Just need someone to, to put it away sometimes. Max, did you watch the um, highlights reel that Rovers tweeted out of him? Phenomenal. Uh, what what a catalogue of, of quality goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I only mentioned that because Metz is put here... Well, I've actually deleted it, but he put something like joke of a highlight reel and put highlights in, you know, like yeah. the sarcastic... Also the first one a penalty. The well, first goal was a penalty. first one was a penalty. The second one hit him and went in. The third one was going wide and got a huge deflection and went in the other corner. There, there was one where um, the, the cross... The, the ball was lofted up to him. He heads it. He tries to control it with his head. It goes up in the air and then he loses it. He kind of turns on the spot, like, where's the ball? Then it drops at his, his foot. He, he chips it up again, turns and hits it on the volley and it goes almost out for a corner. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, we are League Two again. <laughs> we are League I Two again. I love what you said, lofting up there, part of yes, the podcast. Yeah, it was completely <laughs> unintentional. Uh, but like the guy's the guy's 24 that's a pretty young age for a striker and uh, I can only see room for development and like you said if it, if it all goes right I think we're laughing um, and yeah you know he signed on what a two and a half year deal yeah. I think so he's one we can look to develop you know we've got six months uh, sorry half a season to look at him and if it's not working out come the summer look we can bring in another number nine and he can kind of be a decent backup well, you don't know he could be a good plan B for us or hopefully a fantastic plan A but um, certainly a good addition and as I keep saying it, it looks a pretty cheap addition as well so yeah. no real risk of time let's hope we aren't clipping this up in a year's time out of embarrassment <laughs> well worst comes to worst he's awful and we get rid and that's that yeah but, We've had enough practice of that with it's our strikers. All, you know, remember when we signed Stefan Payne for £250,000 <laughs> and then within like three months we loaned him back to the club we bought him from? <laughs> within Ooh. a month he was swearing at the fans and three months he was gone again, wasn't yeah, it? So. Back to the club we bought him for on loan. <laughs> yeah. So they, we just gave him a quarter of a million for nothing. Yeah, how generous. So Kaz, we've had a question from the Hask that says... Do you think the arrival of Ryan Loft will mean that we will resort to pumping it long again and hoping that he de- deals with that style of play better than when we did it with Pittman? So I guess he's referring to the fact that I guess before Loft came in, we were kind of playing this fluid front three with Nicholson, Evans and Thomas and Collins all like rotating and moving around, which is kind of how we played on Saturday at Posh as well. And I guess he's asking, you know, now Loft is there. Do you think we'll go back to just lumping it up to a target man and not and lose that kind of fluidity that we had before? Oh, we better not. Because with Pitman, obviously, I can't remember which of you whacked out the stats. I think it was you, Max, about how many we've oh, yeah, that was won me. with Pitman <clears throat> and how many we've lost with Pitman. And uh, yeah, we are so much better playing with that fluid front three. Um, so if we could keep it as it is but have Loft in the box waiting for the ball at his feet, then actually we might do a lot better. So I'm hoping we don't get, go back to hoofball. Didn't work with Pittman, doesn't work with Pittman. Pittman's good at, at scoring goals out of nothing sometimes. If he's in the right place, he'll, he'll just smash it home. But yeah, hoofball overall has not been great for us, as our record shows. Um, so I would hope that actually... Barton's got in mind that he'll keep it as it is but with Loft being there to just tuck the ball away when everyone else does the hard work basically but as well he can move like we said so um, he can get himself in those positions quicker than Pittman can um, because we found quite often you know Pittman's there and he's a presence but he's just not in the right place or he doesn't get there fast enough Um, or if it's like a through ball we need someone that can move fast and get onto the end of it um, so yeah I, I hope not <laughs> uh, because it doesn't work for us and I know that sometimes in League 2 you have to adapt to hoofball Coglin was very much hoofball and a lot of defending um, but I would like to think we're keeping it the same with the addition of having this big 6 foot 3 striker in the box um, that can score goals when he needs to um, so yeah fingers crossed Okay, so let's stick with January window because obviously there is another two and a half weeks left of this current window and Barton has teased that there could still be one or two more incomings as well as one or two potentially going the other way. So Max, George Clements has asked what positions you'd like to see strengthened between now and the end of the transfer window? 
Um, another centre back would be fantastic, um, and not not one that's like a short term deal. I, I want one that we can be having as like a first choice for next season. Um, it's definitely a weak area. We concede a lot of goals, a lot of sloppy goals. We need someone who's proper quality there for us. Um, Connolly is alone to the end of the season. Who knows for next season? We don't know. Um, Mark Hughes is gone. I, I, I would like a new commanding centre back in, who's like top League Two level. Um, if, if we want to push up next season uh, for promotion, so yeah, January this 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 window is a good opportunity to kind of look ahead to next season. I don't want us to be really short term trying to go all or nothing for the playoffs this year. I'd rather us have a bit of stability and plan and just be consistent and have like a building block. And centre back is a great position to build from. So if we can go out and get like a number one uh, choice centre back who will serve us good for two and a half, three years, then yeah, that, that will be absolutely my priority, 100%. Okay, fair enough. And as for the outgoings that Barton's hinted at, Kaz, who do you think that we could see leave between now and the end of the window? You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Westbrook. <laughs> That's what you hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I haven't really thought about that. Do you think Nicholson or Evans could go if we get an no. offer, seeing as they're both out of contract yeah, in the I'm- summer? Uh, well, I would hope that we would like we would hold on to Evans um, Nicholson. I don't think he's really proved himself enough to get enough interest. But I don't I don't know really. Um, I would like to think that we would hold on to them uh, financially. I don't I don't think we need the money, do we, in this league? I mean, we're supposed to have one of the biggest budgets in this league. Do we need to be letting our best players go? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, but. To be honest, yeah, hopefully we don't get that interest that we have to even consider it as an option. Um, I'd like to see Evans sign an extension, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. He has been brilliant. Um, I think we need to hold on some if we can. But, yeah, if we could get rid of any, anyone, it's Westbrook. I mean, he's probably on quite a high wage. Um, came from Coventry, didn't he? So, you know, they're... Were they League One at the time of the championship when we bought it him? just went up. Yeah. And we paid, like... 200 300 grand for him as well so he was a highly rated player and i think he's probably on quite a lot so you know maybe it could be good to get him off the books but um to be honest i was more focused on who needs to come in because our squad just seems so thin at the moment with like injuries and everything i haven't even thought about who needs to go but obviously hughes getting hughes off the books is great um i know he's gone into a coaching role now and he was awful (laughs) (laughs) good riddance Um, so I'm glad he's gone get that man a statue at the fruit market I reckon yeah but to be honest like, I, I've warned a lot of these players I have um, at the start of the season like, if you ask me the same question I'll like, oh, just get rid of them all you know, just, I did not warm to them at all but I am really starting to warm to a lot of them you know Anderton Coots Whelan um, Collins Collins the main man oh I yeah. love Collins Collins Nicholson Thomas Evans Belshaw I'm actually starting to finally get a bit of a connection with some of these players um, that I wouldn't, wouldn't want to see any of them go to be honest okay so let's round up by doing a quick look ahead to Saturday when Rovers return to the men for the first time since the 11th of December when we host Hartlepool United uh, Hartlepool two places and two points above the gas in the table but have also played two more games they beat Blackpool in the FA Cup 2-1 on Saturday but they haven't won in the league since the 4th of December when they beat Lincoln 1-0 um, as I said Lincoln Lincoln in our league yeah they're not no they're, they're not they're a league above us Mets did the schedule I'm blaming Mets um, Mets they've signed Marcus Carver apparently from Southport on Monday who is six foot one and has bounced around the non-league most of his career in case anyone wanted to know that <laughs> um, so let's do lineups for Saturday Max what would your first 11 be for the game um I would go three four three, back uh, Belshaw and goal back three of if he's available Kilgore. Uh, I don't think he will be available. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> to, 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 to instantly okay. shit all over that, so I don't think be, you will. Uh, probably Anderton, uh, Connolly, and Luca Hall. I would say if uh, unless Harry. I think come, Harry's is back Harry's from suspension. Available? Yeah. Okay, How long is Taylor say, be? I thought he's a week away or not. I think they're going to be back for Swindon, not this one. Basically, we don't know who's Carry available, on, so it's yeah. almost in, impossible to, to have an 11 here, but I'm going to give it a go, so let's just try. And okay. You've not been able to get past the defence no, without us picking really. holes in it so far. Um, okay, so I think probably Harry's will come in, Anderton and Luca Hall, back three. What about Connolly? 
Might go wing back, I don't know. <laughs> what, Connolly? I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's put Luca Hall at wing back. He's not a right wing back, is oh, he, Luca Hall? Yeah, let's just give up on this. this <laughs> Move on to the midfield. Basically, there'll be three I defenders. I don't know who the back three is going to be. Okay. Um, but you're obviously going to have Whelan and Coots as your two holding. Um, I think Whelan's got COVID, hasn't he? <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Okay, right. I'm going to be quiet now. You can do your lineup. Is Finley available? No. So you think everyone's Finley's back? not available. <laughs> no. Why is Finley not available? Well, I don't know. He might be, but he wasn't there on Saturday. But great. that was because he was suspended, right? Yeah, he's still suspended, though, apparently. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, okay. you forget because we haven't actually had games. Yeah, so I, know. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what it was against Posh. <laughs> Basically, all Loft I want to know done. is your front three. I don't care about okay. the, the team. My front three is Thomas, Nicholson and Loft. No Evans. No Evans. Evans. You're a disgrace. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about Evans. <laughs> oh, too many good players. What are we going to do? Well, Finley's not available, but Evans at centre mid. Um, ahead of Whelan and Coots. Okay. There you go. So he plays attacking mid. So you spent, the, spent 20 minutes bigging up Coots early, now you're dropping him for Evans in the midfield. I've not said drop Coots, I said if Finley's not available. Oh, okay, right, I'll let you off. This is just the most abysmal readout of a starting 11 ever. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be Because the I've not really specified who's starting. And when I have, you've told me to change it. So I'd... Basically, Belshaw's in goal, Loft's up front, and everyone else, we exactly, have no idea exactly. who's playing. Okay. Um, but I would like to see Thomas start, is my main. Okay. Thomas and Loft, um, probably Nicholson if available. Evans has got to start. Try and fit them all in. With Coots and Whedon holding it. Anderson's probably wing back because he always is. Um, Clark Collins? on the other, Clark on the other side. Is Collins available? No, but then I, this I is good. It's good we got dilemmas. If yeah. he is, he still doesn't slot into what you've just said. Like, who, I don't who really know. Talk? And herein lies the problem is that we just don't know who's available yeah. through injury, through fitness. So, so basically, there's no point in me asking you this question. I, I think Loft will start up front, and we'll just go from there, won't we? <laughs> we'll okay. just go yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, I won't bother you asking for your start at 11, Cas, because we have no idea. I think we've learned that. So let's go for score predictions instead. Cas. <coughs> well, I don't know if I've mentioned. It's my birthday weekend. <laughs> it's my birthday weekend, everyone. Um, so we never win on my birthday weekend, ever. Like, the whole 16 years I've been a Rovers fan, never won on my birthday weekend. So time's going to change, and I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say, actually, we are going to win and we're going to sneak it 1-0 and super lofty on his debut. It's going to score and the mem is going to erupt. Everyone's going to go wild, pitch invasion, flares, everything. 1-0. I am going to agree uh, with Kaz. I think we'll win. Um, and I think Loft will score. Big number nines, they love a debut goal. I just remembered another one, Nathan Blissett, away at Nuneaton. Um, I think scored on his debut. Uh, yeah, away at Chester. Away at Chester. Okay. We drew two two, uh, but he opened Chris the score. Dixon, anybody remember that one? Oh uh, it's yeah. A blast yeah. from the past, isn't it? Too. Brentford away scored two, didn't he? Or scored an assisted or something? He scored a hat trick, didn't he? And didn't, no, I think he oh, scored. Was it two, and was it scored it? two and assisted one, okay. and then never scored again. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I think we will concede though. I'm going to go two one to Rovers. Okay. Uh, a loft goal. Okay. I will also go 2 1 to Rovers with a loft double. I a think double. he's going to. Yeah, loft double. He's going to hit the ground running, I reckon. Um, Watch him not Gaffney start. Gaffney style. <laughs> yeah, Gaffney style. So, one last question from Mike J, who sent in about five questions, one of which was when do the Sutton tickets go on sale, which we have no idea. We do not work for the club, I'm afraid. But he's also asked why are the pasties getting smaller at the Mem? Max, why are the pasties getting smaller at the moment? Uh, shrinkflation is the main cause of things. It's when companies don't want to uh, make their products more expensive to, for fear of uh, losing sales. So what they actually do is they reduce the size and the budget of the product that they're putting out. Um, that happens with like Snickers and stuff, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it happens with everything. It's called shrinkflation. Yeah. So also, Toblerones, when they make the gaps bigger in between yes, the bits of yeah, chocolate. They, they didn't think we'd notice, but we have noticed. We, we were onto them. So it, it's just a case of um, getting less for your money, basically, and, and you don't really notice it until it's too late. Um, Is it like when you open a bag of crisps and it's like, it's all air, you yeah. think, yeah, you think, oh, it's loads like, in it, like and you open it. A certain manager like... I know is just all hot. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically it, Mike, to be honest. Um, maybe pop. Gorringe a message on Twitter for um, more clarification. One thing I do want to say though, actually, before we, before we end up, is that is the new um, the new fan zone at the ground. Oh, with the pizza. With the pizza and the chicken joint and the outdoor bar, 
Um, I what really, would you like to say about I it? I really like it. You like it. And I think Have you a, attended any of those venues? As of yeah, yet? yeah. The chicken, oh, okay. the chicken place is decent. It's a bit expensive, but it's a football stadium, so... The pizza's like a tenner. I know, it is a bit expensive. Nearly as expensive as, like, Domino's. Well, it is a bit expensive, as I okay. say. Okay, okay. But um, I think it's a step in the right direction for making that concrete area a little bit more varied. Because for years and years, all you've been able to get is dried leftover pasties at the venues. And if you want chips and a burger, you have to go into Irene's kitchen, so... I welcome the change. I like it. Power to it. Power to it. Okay. Anything you'd like to add on the new catering area at the Mem? No, not really. I'm not okay, quite out cool. on Saturday, but uh, you know, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been. Um, but I can imagine it's not very good when it's a cold day and you've got to another stand bar in the cold. Another and... bar isn't a bad thing. But it's, it's outside, it's, isn't it? That's so you, a bar, though. Bars so bar. you get you get your pizza, then you've got to stand in the cold eating your pizza. Mm. I assume there's no indoor dining. <laughs> no, One thing fun. at a time. I'll let you know after Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, that is all we have time for. Uh, we've been going for about an hour now, so let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back fortnightly from now on. Hopefully, as long as the games continue and no more COVID interruptions, etc. So nice to speak to you all again. And we will speak to you in two weeks' time after Swindon away. So up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.